restoration, this turnaround, this overflow, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. See if we can get this up a little bit, Brent, <coughs> without the ring. Y'all hear me okay? <clears throat> Luke chapter 15, powerful, powerful word from the Lord today. Let's look at verse number 11, starting with verse number 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So... The father divided to them his livelihood. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen, of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed the pigs and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods this particular interpretation is being very kind right here let me tell you exactly what they're saying right here he would gladly have filled his stomach with the slop that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything not even the pig's slop. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and some to spare? And here I sit, perishing with hunger. I will arise. Somebody say, I will arise. I will arise, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, listen to this, his father saw him off in the distance, and he had compassion on him, and he ran to him, and he fell on his neck, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and put sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here, kill it, and let us eat and be married. For this my son was dead, and now he is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found. And they began to be Mary. Hallelujah. Come on and let's thank God for his word today. Thank God for his compassion today. Thank God for his love and for his forgiveness to us today. And Father, I pray that you would settle this word in our hearts, lodge it in our hearts, God, so that it could not be removed, no matter how hard the enemy might try when we leave out of this room. It would be so embedded in our hearts and in our minds that it would have absolutely have to change our, our lives and the way that we live. God, I pray that you would anoint my lips and the words that I speak. <clears throat> Let it all be to bring you the, all the glory and all the honor, and we give you the thanks for it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. 
want to talk to you a few minutes this morning about one area that I believe God is going to bring restoration in our lives. It's the area of broken relationships. How many would be honest today and say, Pastor, I have relationships that are damaged and I need God to restore, repair, renew. Let me see your hand today. Today's the day. Today's the day. There's perhaps nothing more painful than a broken relationship. Business relationships gone bad over a simple difference of opinion. Friendships shattered over breach of trust, breach of confidentiality. Relationships with neighbors, how about this? Completely destroyed over tree branches hanging over the fence or the dog doing his business in their yard. Hmm. We laugh, but sadly it's, it's true. It's all too true. We used to have barbecues with them. We used to get together with them. One thing was said and one thing was done and the next thing you know, we're at aught with one another. And being at aught with one another ought not be. We're supposed to get along. How many, how many believers do I have in the house here today? You, you're, you're proud to say that I'm a believer in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I have any believers here today? Well, prove it. Oh, we can run the aisles and we can shout and we can dance and I'm going to do all of it. But if that's all it is, mm -mm. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. I guess he was Southern. I speak in tongues every day on purpose. I decided a long time ago I'm going to pray in my heavenly language. But listen to me, if all I'm doing is speaking in tongues in my little prayer closet, and then I'm hating on somebody, I missed it. I missed it. If all I'm doing is getting my praise on and dancing and shouting and jumping, and then I'm going and, 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 and tearing somebody down and hating on somebody, I missed it. You're a believer? Prove it. I'm talking about, I'm talking about people who, 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 some even go to the same church. And they won't speak to one another. They're definitely not going to sit on the same side of the church. I mean, something's wrong. We can't say we love God and not love one another. It, it just, it's, it's, it's a conflict. Prove it. The most painful of all relationships is the severed family. Sister against sister. 
brother against brother, cousin against cousin, aunt against the niece, uncle against the nephew. And yeah, parent against child, child against parent. Devastating, heartbreaking. But hang on. This is the year for something to change. That's right. You're going to hear me say it a lot, and I want to hear you say it a lot. 2011 is the year for restoration and turnaround and overflow. The focus this morning is a restored relationship, a repaired, a renewed, a healed relationship. If you could do this on your own, you would have already done it. You can't. You can't do this on your own. You need, you need other help. And not just some therapist or some counselor. Come on now. You need divine help. You need supernatural help. You need heavenly help. And this morning, you are going to get it. This morning, you're going to get the help that you need to see this relationship restored. There are three key thoughts that I want to share with you this morning on how that we can get to a place of a restored relationship. First of all, we need to understand that love is the foundation upon which all relationships should be built. Love is the foundation of relationship. Look at this verse, number 11. It says, a certain man had two sons. This got me thinking. Here's a dad with two children, two boys. And I, I suppose that when he and his wife were discussing having children, how excited they must have gotten. How thrilling when she finally says, I'm going to have a baby. Do you all know Pastor Moses and Jamie are pregnant and going to have a baby? We're going to celebrate this all the way. Every step of the way. How many weeks now? Twelve weeks. Every week of the way. Have you ever been 12 weeks along? Have you ever been 12 weeks along? Never been this far, have you? Never heard the heartbeat like you have? Never saw the little peanut in there like you did the other day? Pastor Moses and Jamie are going to have a baby. Hey, we ought to celebrate that. That's exciting. And they've been, oh, Karen's, all right, go ahead. See, we're so ed up with this. You I'm got not me kidding. Okay. Listen, you got to listen close. All right. Hold on. That's my wife's ringtone, I think, now, you know. 
But see, you can't come to La Palma and not be get, become part of the family. It just doesn't work that way here. So if they're excited, we're excited. If they're hurting, we're hurting. They're celebrating, we're celebrating. It got me thinking about this dad and, and having a baby, having a, a boy. I remember when I found out I was going to have a boy. Wow. How excited. I mean, how proud I was. I'm going to have a boy now. <laughs> right? How many dads know what I'm talking about? When you have a boy, a man child. You know, there's this commercial. There's this commercial, I don't even know what it's for, but this lady's talking, she's talking about when, when her kids were little, and she said they were so cute, at times you just wanted to eat them up. She said, then they grew up and you wish you had them. <laughs> <laughs> you understand why some animals eat their young when, when they get into the teenage years. Nah, I'm just playing. I, I, I love Elliot and Butler and Daisy, all three. I mean, I'm so blessed. And I thought about Karen and I, you know, wanting to have kids finally we 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 uh we did conceive and we had a she 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 was she was with child and how excited we were we went to the we went to the the doctor's office you know we were going to get to hear that heartbeat and and all that and we got there and the doctor said just kept looking you know and 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 the doctor and karen just instantly knew something wasn't right and uh the doctor said, well, and so Karen says, well, what's wrong? And he said, well, I can't find a, I can't detect a heartbeat. He said, but our machine isn't really, it's old and it's not, it's not the best. I'm going to send you to the hospital across the street and they have the state of the art, latest, greatest, and they'll, they'll get that heartbeat. And I remember Karen, you and I walking across that street and just all of that joy and all of that hope and all of that, it just drained out of us. That was the longest walk, you know, one of the longest walks I think we've ever walked, even though it was just across the street. And we go to the, we go to the hospital, and, and it was not his machine. The baby had died. I mean, that's very, very hard. Because the baby was conceived in love. Thanks be to God, he's able to heal our hurts, mend our wounds, and provide for us. But how difficult when, when, a, when a child is conceived in love. And let me just go ahead and take the time here. Uh, God has a plan, actually, and it's a really wonderful plan on how babies should be born. Can I talk a minute, folks? Y'all okay? I think it needs to come from the pulpit more often. I'm tired of our, our students, tired of our teenagers, tired of our children for that matter. You'd be shocked at what the children know even before they reach the teen years. But I'm tired of them learning it from our schools or from their friends. It needs to come from the house of God. It needs to come from the parents of the child reinforced by the house of God. But see, God's plan for a baby to be born is a man falls in love with a woman. I remember walking onto the campus of Central Bible College. I got there a week ahead, and I went into the registrar's office, and there sat the most beautiful woman I've ever laid my eyes on, working behind the counter. 
And I thought, boy, if they all look like this, I'm at a good place. I like this school already, and I haven't even taken the first class. And I mean, she was, she was just stunning. But she was, she was an employee. I was a freshman coming in, and here's an employee. I, I didn't even know her name. I didn't know anything about her. I just knew she was, wow. Found out not only was she an employee working for the registrar's office, she was also a student. Found out that she had changed her major the very year that I arrived, and she and I were both studying the same thing. Both of us were majoring in church music. And I would see her very often because we were in the same department, taking some of the same classes. Now, never mind that it took me two years to even ask Karen Dupler. Took me two years to ask Karen Dupler. I keep saying Dupler. I want them to know your maiden name. Ask her out on a date because I've thought, well, I don't like to be rejected for one thing. And so if I don't ask, I can't be rejected, right? But I just thought, boy, she's so, she's so beautiful. And, and uh, she's out of my league, and so I don't want to be rejected, so I'll just, I won't ask. But I finally, after some coaxing, coaxing and pushing, and, and I asked Karen if she would go out on a date with me. And uh, everything changed for me that day. We fell in love with one another. We ended up getting married. And we actually get this. We actually saved ourselves for our wedding day. And I say that with great, great uh, thanks to God. Because young people, it's a rarity. It's a rarity. Ellie was telling me some of his friends already, he's, you know, he's, he's 14, already asking me if he's had sex or if he's going to have sex or, all, you know, already, already the pressure's on. And Elliot, I was very proud. He said, you know what? I'm going to save myself. And they're, you know, they're ribbing him and, and, and you know, making fun of him. He said, well, true love waits. That's God's plan. Pastor Dave is taking time this month, this month of love, to teach our young people what is right, what does the Bible say concerning love and marriage and, yes, sex. So, guys, save yourself for your marriage partner. And when you have your wedding day, and you go to your hotel that night, you will be able to give the best gift that you could ever give, and that is your purity, okay? Virginity is not a bad word, actually. It's something that should be celebrated. It's something that should be protected. So keep yourself pure, and keep your hands to yourself. Boys, keep your hands off the girls. Girls, keep your hands off the boys. Okay? Now, was that good or not, church? Come on. This father, it says, had two sons, very likely conceived in love, very likely raised in love as parents who love their children. They raised them in love. And he gave 
in love. Look at verse number 12. The son asked for his portion. Look at the very last sentence here. So he, the father, he divided his livelihood. Why? Because he loved his son. You see, love is the foundation. Love is the foundation of the relationship. Don't ever forget that. And the enemy tries to come in and again erode away the foundation. Last week we took some time about our foundation of faith being eroded away. Today, the foundation of love has been eroded away. Our society has taken some, some uh, time and, and effort to shift our way of thinking, trying to convince us that you can do whatever you want with whomever you want. Certainly marriage is not a factor. I mean, let's not be old-fashioned here. You can just lay with whoever you want. And it doesn't even matter if it's a, a, a woman or a man. A man can be with a man, or a man can be with a woman, or he can, he can interchange the two. They call this bisexual. Or you can just stay man with man or woman with woman. That's all right. And don't ever try to stand against that because then your, your uh, Politically incorrect, for one thing, but, you know, you're, you're stereotyping. and you're, it's, it's crazy. God's plan is one man, one woman, in the bonds of marriage, folks, and he'll bless you. And that foundation of love with a loving relationship, it's been eroded away. This is a year that the foundation of love is restored. So that the relationship can be restored. It reminded me, this father loving his sons, it reminded me of another father, our heavenly father, the giver of love, the one who started love, the one who is love. John 3.16, let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our Heavenly Father gave in love. He gave His only Son, Jesus. Jesus, our Savior, also gave in love. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And then He called me, Let God restore this foundation of love. Love is the foundation of all relationships. Selfishness is the destroyer. Selfishness is the destroyer. I want you to bring up verse number 12 for me. The younger, the prodigal here, he said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. We have to be very careful, church, that we don't have a me, me, me mentality. All about me. The world revolves around me. There is no one like me. I exalt me. 
himself. He didn't think about his brother. Didn't think about his brother, did he? Bring that scripture up again, verse number 12, if you don't mind. Look at this. The younger said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me, right? And look what it says right there. So the father divided to what? All. See, I never, I never read it like that. I've always just thought of the father giving the prodigal his portion. But the scripture says that he divided to them. So the, the son who didn't ask for his portion, the son who was content to just continue to live under his father's rule and roof perhaps, and in the right moment, in the right season, receive his inheritance, he was forced to get his inheritance now. You see, the, the prodigal son, the younger son, did not think about his brother or how this would affect him. He did not think about his father. It says he divided his livelihood. He didn't think about how this would affect his father living from this point forward. He didn't think about how this would affect his mother and the heartbreak that might come to her from him being selfish and getting what he thought belonged to him and then moving to, the, the scripture says, a far off country. He only thought of himself. He had an attitude of entitlement, thinking he deserved his portion. This, folks, is selfishness. Does anyone in the room, if you were here in the first service, you just uh, don't answer. I got some people who love this church so much they're going to stay for 8.15 and then they stay for 10.32 and I love that. Just don't answer the questions that I ask to the 10.30 service. Does anybody know what the greatest commandment in the scripture is? What is it? No. That's the second actually. The greatest commandment Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Karen, that's the greatest. Verse 2 to this song is, and you said it, love one another. Or it says, love your neighbor like you love yourself. And let's just face it, we love ourselves. We do. But it's, it's really time that we have to start thinking about others and putting them above ourselves. You're actually third in line in the love flow. And we put ourselves even before God. You're supposed to be third. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're supposed to be third. You're supposed to be third. Just giving you a little heads up. You're not supposed to be one. You're not even supposed to be number two. You're supposed to be three. Love God. Love others, and there'll be plenty of love to go for yourself. Let me ask this question. Does anybody know what the golden rule is in this room? What is it, Jim? Anybody happen to know where it's found? Did you bring it up yet? You were in the first service. Go ahead, Elliot, tell them. Matthew chapter 7 in verse number 12, it says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. We summed it up, do unto others 
as you would have them do unto you. Do you know that the golden rule is still the golden rule? Do you know that the golden rule still works? Some want to change the golden rule and make it read like this. Do unto others because they did unto you. Not the golden rule. Here's another version that you might have might have heard uh, circulating around. Do unto others before they do unto you. Not the golden rule. Do to others the way you want them to do to you. Treat others the way you want them to treat you. Speak to others the way you want them to speak to you and act to others the way you want them acting to you. This fights selfishness. And I've said, said this over and over again, but it bears repeating today. We come into this world selfish and we will die selfish. The only thing that will help us is the power of the Holy Spirit living and acting and operating in us and letting us be filled, praying that we would be filled with the Spirit and then there being fruit of the Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is, stop right there, you don't even need to go on. Everything else of the fruit of the Spirit, all, all other eight characteristics, all other eight personality traits of, of Jesus, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, so all of them flow out of love. And when we start treating others the way we want to be treated, we start loving God and then loving our neighbors, it fights selfishness in us. Selfishness is the downfall and the destroyer of all relationships. Selfishness leads to rebellion, by the way. And 1 Samuel 15 and verse number 23 makes it very clear. Rebellion is a sin it is as the sin of witchcraft. Wow, that's serious. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Strong language coming from God. Selfishness and always thinking about your own desires and, and your own uh, fulfillment and wanting for yourself it will lead to a pulling away, a tearing away, and a rebelling. It always does. Selfishness and rebellion are bedfellows. Selfishness and rebellion are partners in crime. Selfishness will lead to rebellion and they will destroy a relationship. But let me leave you with a bit of hope before we conclude here this morning. And aren't you thankful that there's always hope with our God? There's hope for restoration of every relationship, but here's the key. It is repentance. Repentance is essential in order for the relationships to be restored. Repentance is essential in the restoration of the damaged relationships. Look at verses 17 and 18. It says, but when he came to himself, 
when he finally came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat and then some to spare? And here I sit perishing with the pigs. Here I sit with hunger. I will arise. Come on and say that one more time today. I will arise and I will go to my father. I will say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. Repentance is the first step in this restoration of the relationship, but repentance requires movement. Repentance requires movement. See, he could have sat in the pig pen and thought about him being restored and thought about a place of, of comfort and a place of provision and a place of peace. But until he actually got up out of the pig pen and moved, it was the only way it was going to happen. See, what I'm, what I'm saying today, he said, I will arise. Repentance requires movement. There are plenty of people that have gotten off, of, off track and off course, and they sit there and think, boy, I know if I got back to the house, I, I could get back on track. They think about getting back in, in the place they need to be, the place they used to be, but they don't act on it. They just think about it, and they might even talk about it. But folks, if you truly want restoration, you've got to act. You've got to move. It requires movement. It also requires humility. Repentance requires movement. Repentance requires humility. Some of the hardest words for a person to say is, I am sorry. I was wrong. Why is that so hard for us? I was wrong. I was wrong in what I did. I was wrong in what I said. My actions were wrong. My tone was wrong. I'm sorry. I was, I was short in my answer to you. I'm sorry. I hadn't eaten lunch, and I, I get irritable when I don't eat lunch, you know. But we just go on like nothing's wrong, and, and there's these little, these little rifts and these little tears and they really damage relationships. So if we get in the habit of actually learning to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, putting others ahead of ourselves, it'll get easier to do it. And before long, it will just become a lifestyle. We're so worried about winning, aren't we? I mean, we're, we just, we, we want to win at everything. We want to be the best at everything. I don't care about that. I'm just telling you straight up, I don't care about that. Karen and I are trying to get in a little bit better shape than we have been. So we're exercise, trying to exercise on a more consistent basis and trying to eat the right things. And, you know, so we went out and bought tennis rackets. And I've never played tennis, you know. So I thought, uh, I don't know. Pastor Dave and Sonny got tennis rackets and Pimo got a tennis racket. Brandon already had a tennis racket. So we got this little group. We're going to go play tennis. 
so I learned the game. I learned the boundaries. I even found a groove in my serve. I'm telling you, here's the line. I got to get behind the line right here. I was, I just found a little bit of a groove the other day. So I was, I was serving him, right? You were being served, Pastor Moses. Now, finding my groove, and they couldn't get it back to me, and and it just, you know, it felt good. Now I couldn't return to save my life, you know. So anyway, back and forth it goes, and Pastor Dave would get some good hits, and Pastor Moses would, and I would, and Brandon would, and it just. I came home, and Karen said, well, who won? I said, well, we won some, and they won some, and we won some more, and they won some more, and I don't know, because it didn't matter. Didn't even care. I was out with my friends. I was out enjoying the, the breeze of the Lord, enjoying the sunshine of the Lord, getting a little bit of sun on my bald head. I didn't care who won. But that's contrary to the way our society lives. We're selfish in our thinking. We need to get to a place of of just humbling ourselves and even letting other people be better. There's just plenty of people that are better than you in lots of things, and it's okay. It's actually a very freeing place to be, not wanting to win everything, not caring if you're better than everybody. Repentance is essential, folks in having this relationship restored and repaired. Repentance twofold, repentance to the Heavenly Father. He said, I've sinned against heaven. I like his priority there. He understood that this has to be fixed in order for this to be fixed. So repentance to the Heavenly Father and then repentance to the earthly father or to others. Repentance is twofold, but restoration is twofold as well. Once we ask for forgiveness, folks, from our heavenly father, he is faithful and just to forgive us. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Repentance twofold to the heavenly father, to the earthly father. Restoration will be twofold. Restored relationship with the father, which will lead to a restored relationship to those with whom it might be damaged. So my prayer focus as we close is for those today that have a damaged relationship Our lesson from the Word of God is very focused. It is a father and a son. But I I sense that this is way bigger than just a father-son matter. It may be a parent and a child, but it may be not family-related at all. I'm just saying let the Spirit bring to your mind, are there relationships that are damaged that need to be repaired? that need to be restored. We're going to pray for that right now. I want you to bow your heads and think about this and let the Holy Spirit bring to your your mind. Holy Spirit, speak to us today.
to show us these areas that you desire to help us, that you desire to bring restoration, damaged relationships with family, shattered business relationships, friendships that have gone bad. God, help us. Help us. So if you're here this morning and you have relationships that you would like to bring to the altar of the Lord for him to help you and to bring repair and restoration, I want to invite you right now to come and just stand across this front area of our altar. God is going to do this. I believe this. And with every step that you take, take it in faith. Every step, just take it in faith, believing that God will, in fact, bring the healing that is necessary for these damaged relationships. Come on. Today's the day. Today's the day. Oh, I'm believing for restoration. Restoration is coming. Relationships are being repaired and restored. I understand that some of this is beyond our control. Some relationships have gone, gone bad and, and have been broken, and we had no say in it. And that's even most hurtful. I didn't even get a say in it. They just broke it off. How hurtful is that? You have no, no say in the matter. They controlled the damage. God controls the healing. Oh, somebody ought to grab hold of that. God controls the healing. And God can turn the heart of a wayward prodigal son, a rebellious daughter, a friendship gone wrong. My Lord. Before I pray with you folks, I need to give one more call. Heads bowed. I just want to make sure, is there anybody here today that your relationship with the Heavenly Father is not what it should be? I know we prayed earlier for some, but I, I feel I should call right now. If there's anyone here that you need to have your heart right with God, that has to be first. I want you to lift your hand so I can pray for you right now, and then we're going to pray for these damaged relationships. Yeah, anybody else? Anybody else? Come here, Pastor Dave. Anybody else, you need to give your heart back to the Lord, really. You gotta you gotta fix that one first. Right here. Pastor Dave, lead him. Anybody else? This is the most important step that you could take. It's actually a farce to think, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask God to repair all these other relationships, but your relationship with God is broken. It's just it's a joke. Because this is the most important relationship. This one has to be fixed. Is there anyone else? You can say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to get this relationship right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come here, Mike. Thank you.
Sonny, I need your help. Jamie. Mike, I need you right over here, buddy. Hallelujah. Where are my elders? Elders, could you come and help me? Sonny and Jamie right here. Just pray that they would get reconnected, their hearts right with God. Pray a prayer of repentance with them, okay? Anyone else? This is so good. We had several people in our 815 service recommit their lives to Christ, get their hearts clean. Wow. So good. praying for their hearts to be right with the Heavenly Father. And then, folks, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you for these damaged relationships. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, church, I need your involvement. I want you to come and just kind of stand behind these folks and this will just symbolically let them know we are standing with you we are behind you and we are praying with you and for you come on let's just put a little wall back behind them and let them know we are there with them come folks if you have come and you have a damaged relationship that you are praying for restoration I want you just to lift that up to the Lord right now. Come on, lift it up to the Lord right now. Even by name. Go ahead and call out the name. Oh, yes. Thank you, God, for restoring these areas that have been damaged, these relationships, God, that have been shattered and broken. Bring healing, God. Bring healing, Lord. Bring restoration in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Restoration and healing. Restoration and healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. 
them. Family, I want you to get in there and pray for them. God is bringing healing to some broken relationships right now. Repair is happening right now. Thank you, Jesus. Bring in the wayward son, Lord. Bring in that prodigal daughter, God. Repair, God, where divorce has come in and, and left its mark and its damage. Bring repair in Jesus' name. Restore comes to you. Renewal comes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Folks, let me look, let me have your attention here before before we get out of here and go have some lunch. When he was brought back, he did not have to go back out with the servants. Like he thought in his mind, he thought he had a plan, right? But see, the father's plan is always different than our plan. Yolanda, the Bible says that when the father saw him off in the distance, he ran to him. He said, stop everything. Stop what you're doing. Go get the robe. Go get the ring. Go get the sandals. Kill the fatted calf. My son who was dead is back. And he was restored back into the fold. He was restored back into the family. He was restored back into his place, into his position. And I believe this is what's coming. Folks, if there's anything within your ability that you can do, phone call, a letter, a visit, 
It's imperative that we do what we can do in this restoration process. That won't be for everybody, I understand. But there's some, you're going to need to write a note. Because remember, love is the foundation. Let's go back. Love is the foundation. And love can build a bridge. Thank you, Winona and Naomi. Love can bring that repair. So you might have to say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I forgive you. I don't know. Every, every scenario of why there's damage is different. And so every repair is going to be unique and special and from God. Anybody ready to see your relationship repaired? So come on and lift up both your hands right now, and let's just offer up thanks in advance. Somebody needs to just start saying, thank you, God. Start saying thank you that they're coming back in. Start saying thank you that the prodigal is coming back home. Come on, let's not wait till we see him off in the distance. Let's begin to thank God right now. Let's thank him in advance. Let's thank him before we see the answer. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that you've heard us today. We thank you, Lord, that the answer is already in motion. We thank you, Lord, that at any time we are going to see the fulfillment of this. Thank you, God. Hmm. Hey, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Why not? Right? Why not? Come on, look at somebody. Say, why not you? Why not you? Why not you? Why not me? Come on, you got to start believing it for you, too. Why not me? And why not now? Woo! Come on and hug on somebody's neck before you get out of here this morning. It is so good to have everybody with us. I want to invite you back tonight. We have a a God encounter is what we're calling it. It's just an extended time of praise and worship, followed by a powerful and intense time of prayer. I want you to be here at 6.30 if you can. Better than that, why don't you join me and the staff and our elders and their wives, uh, their spouses, for our prayer time at 5.30. Until then, God bless and have a wonderful afternoon.